episode was recorded prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome to part two, season three, episode seven. I'm, I'm in the middle of writing a book. Hooray! And, and one of them, the title bit is, Women are people first. Mm. What do I mean by that? Loads of stuff. But including, I've had people who head up talent again uh, at companies that have thousands of employees and somebody came to me recently and said, I'm really annoyed with the woman that we have that's at the top. I want her to give back and to be involved in what we're doing. And she won't. She said, I did it on my own and I don't see why I should take time out of what I'm doing and be involved with this. It's not on my priority list. So the person who's talking to me is very, very upset. And really my message is this, women are people first. What do I mean? One, not everybody wants to do the give back and the whatever else. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. That is, that has to be okay. Yeah. One. Two, women at the top doesn't mean that the women lower down can relate to them or that they can relate to the women lower down because they are people first. It doesn't mean that a gender is female, mm-hmm. therefore they are get it. Yeah. No, all right? Yeah. Which is actually one of the reasons that the irony again is that if you have a woman at the very top, the investment, the interest, the involvement in really leaning into what women lower down need diminishes because they don't point to the woman at the top and they say, hey, we have a woman at the top, we're sorted. We don't need to do all these things. But again, it's not the point, right? Mm. And people first meaning don't condemn them. If they're busy building, Mm. let them build. Mm. At some point, something will happen and they'll change something, something else, you know, give back in some way. Yeah. We cannot go around condemning people because they happen to be women. I mean, do you get this? They're condemned by them. So no matter you're damned, you're damned, whatever you do. Whatever you do. Like, we, there's different standards. That's what I've really found, is there's people hold me to different standards where they wouldn't hold somebody else to the same, which I'm fascinated by, because I'm like, well, why wouldn't you expect, even mm. like, even family dynamics, mm. my brother and myself, which my family do get now, which I find quite entertaining, <laughs> so I'm like, I did tell you. <laughs> Don't give out about it now. You know, you've left it. But they actually expected different things from both of us. Now, some of them are down to personalities, because me and my brother would be very different, but I've noticed it in the work environment as well that I would be treated different to male counterparts of mine. I, I mean, I don't get upset over it because I'm always fascinated by how people mm. approach different You're people. It. Oh, yeah. I, I take everything and I'm people I mean, I get angry. <laughs> I have to be honest, I get very yes. angry. But, I mean, it's interesting. I think uh, what I want to pick up on is this tick boxing and, you know, just because there's one woman in the boardroom of this company we've hit our target we have the one so it's fine we don't need to do anything more you know I find that there is a lot of that you know this uh, we aim to have 33% you know diversion or whatever uh, diversity or whatever it is and hey, we've hit our target. Are you just doing this to hit a target? Should it not just be... Embodied. Yeah, like a yeah. normal thing? Like, why is this a thing that we've got to try and achieve? Why is it not just the case anyway, you yeah. know? How do you find people coming to you for the, like, these corporate companies that approach you? Like, how are they approaching you? Is it to tick a box? Or is ah. it, like, that they are really, have thought about this and want to empower younger women in their organizations i work with a couple of in a few different ways one is that i'm invited in fact that's it's a privileged position to train people at the top so that's one thing that i do and that's what led me to create the she strategy because in these rooms in these situations there are no women not it's not about me being the only woman in the room by the way it's about them not having women alongside Mm. them at work that's the key right Mm -hmm. so with regard to the she thing the she strategy 
it's, oh my God, I mean, how much do we have time? You know, because there's so much going on. There's actually a lean away from this at the moment. So companies are saying things like, oh, we don't want to offer things to women that we're not offering to men, for example. Equality. Yeah, equality, right? <laughs> Which is fascinating. And I agree with that as long as we come from an equal footing. Mm. Okay, I agree with that as long as there is equality. Mm. But there isn't. Mm. And the fact of the matter is, just look at your figures. I mean, I don't need to qualify, quantify, nothing. Mm. It is a fact. It isn't equal and mm. it is not okay. That's one. But I understand that men will get peeved and whatever. But you know what? That's this is my backyard. I can't fight everybody's fight. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. And the irony is, it's because I do the training for the men, not because I target the men, but because they're the ones at the top, mm -hmm. invariably, that I've come up with this thing. Yeah. So in fact, it, it is interesting. But it's also a case of that they point towards other things that they're doing for women. For example, there are lots of women's initiatives or a person who's job it is to look at the women's stuff in the in the workplace i'll be very honest and say i actually don't think that's a good thing mm. i think it should be a people thing i yeah. agree yeah this is I about agree people. As well. you have a group of people who disappear at some mm. point in your company why aren't you looking at that as a people thing mm. and the ultimate irony for me is that i'm in a situation with a again a company in the stem area who have hired somebody to look after all the women's stuff. She is the most challenging person to get an appointment with. She wants to meet with me. She's not, she doesn't get... And I don't know, is it because you're overwhelmed? Again, it's mm -hmm. ironic, right? Yeah. Is it because... You know, what is going on? So one woman is holding back everybody else and it's because it's being divvied out, yeah. right? So it's no longer part of talent, no longer part of the HR thing. It is compartmentalised. But actually, that's rubbish. It needs to be part of all of the above. Yeah, It's shocking is what it is, yeah. But also this idea of this dance between, oh, we need to be equal and offer equal opportunity. Yes, but I cannot understand it. You're stopping things that are to enable your women mm. because in the name of equality, how does that work? Yeah. The only people, some people don't know. So even when I was, and I'm, I'll honestly say this, like I wasn't like, don't even say, oh, like women's rights or anything, like burn your bra. And I said, it's only since in the last five years, because I was like, I'm not that person, because it really doesn't faze me. And I've been surrounded by men pretty much all of my career. I have a video like, of you burning your bra in oh, the back garden. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. That is not true. <laughs> but for me, actually, it's only that I got more mature like personally and actually in my career that I've really realized that it's not an even playing pitch um, and it's not about like burning your bra it's just about helping and literally raising the ceiling with women fair. and bringing people up yeah. because it is there about fair there. exactly yeah. it I is think about that's fair. all it is it's not like having a women's group and I no. know we're doing this but it's not we've all said openly that we've had huge male supporters in our life mm -hmm. I still have male supporters in my life who are like will back me and support me they're just clean, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, they happen to be matter. men, but they're people. Yeah. And then people that are around you. 100%. Yeah. And it doesn't matter, but you do need to make it level. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most important thing across mm -hmm. everyone. I don't, I mean, I, I'm still a promoter of the best person should get the job. Absolutely. I yes. I don't care. I've had people say to me before, well, you need to, you need to get a, you need more females. And I'm like, really weird comment. And they're like, I said, I just want the best person. Like, you need the best person for the job to come in. Mm -hmm. Much of all that you want to help women up, it still has to come down mm -hmm. to basic common sense. But I suppose the, the, the if we're going to get really sort of deep, well, it's, it's, if we come from a place of bias, then the best person for the job 
is being looked at, that the idea of that is already a biased sort of yeah. hole that you're filling. You know, so it is there is a lot to be said for a lot Looking of things at, around yeah. that. But you know, it's it's the idea that we are people first. I am a person first. This whole women's area is not something I've historically been part of mm-hmm. at all, because I've always been a person first. Yeah. And I happen to be female. It's mm-hmm. never been you know, like one woman or but it's actually uh, so you wouldn't, I don't know if you know this, but alongside the BBC work and the other, the corporate stuff that I do, I started doing a lot of stuff on behavioural economics, so personal finance, but from a behavioural perspective, how to start doing work, mm-hmm. how do we make decisions, why, blah, blah, blah. Through doing that, the number of women who are going to be destitute then dead, and there's something I'm going to be writing about, destitute then dead, remember this phrase, okay? We're going to see a huge number of women destitute before they die in places like the UK, Ireland, in mm-hmm. these, these countries, let alone the other ones, because... We've got austerity, we've got longer lives, we've got more, you know, it's the idea of the decisions you're making in your 30s, or perhaps in your 20s, whenever, they have lifelong ramifications. Mm. And that's the interesting thing for me. There's a word which is agnotology. Agnotology is loosely the production of ignorance, Mm. right? And that's what interests me, meaning why are we ignorant about these issues? Nobody ever tells us. So Mm. I've spent a long time really drilling down to... Simple stuff, which is raise your profile, showcasing your brilliance, is lean into your earning potential. Mm. More women than men will take time off work at some point, mm. whether it's a children issue or parents, elderly parents, yeah. or whatever the thing is. It is more likely that a woman takes time off than a man. Fine. The woman then lives longer. The woman's already earning less anyway. The woman, you know, <laughs> so yeah. if you're going to compound this over a lifetime, mm-hmm. you get the destitute than dead. Women earn, on average, and these are the privileged ones, white U.S. figures, uh, university graduates, $800,000 less over their lifetime than mm. a male. That's one. So if you think of that missing million already depleted from the party, then you live longer, and then you have more medical things to deal with. Forget about your tooth. You're going to be dealing... You know, it's going to go a lot more than that, you know? Yeah, yeah, And so we see that. Now, if you factor in some part-time, your time off because your parent, your partner, mm. your pet, your child, whatever, something happens and you take that time off, that's, you're earning less again. Mm-hmm. It's not just the missed paychecks, it's the knock-on effect of missed percentage, mm-hmm. increase in salary, missed contributions to pension funds, whatever that mm-hmm. thing is, again, a huge difference in terms of how much money is in the pot at the end. And so really, my message is, when you do work, lean into your earning potential by mm-hmm. stepping up, by knowing how to do stuff. But again, it's no good saying to women, hey, Put your hand up. Step up. Come on. Yeah, take part. Course. When you yeah. don't know how to do it, yeah. what words do I use? How do I need to be when I do it? And so on. Mm. I love that though. It's like practical advice. It I is. Mean, that's what everyone's missing. Auntie Nima. But you know, so I'm, I'm going to share this because it's actually really important. We get people making decisions about people all the time. Fine. It's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. I like to ask the people themselves. Okay. So, hmm, what do you need? What's going on in your life? One of the ways of doing this is by having on the platform, you can post your comments, your questions, your video, your whatever on the platform itself. And you get to know what people are dealing with. And I've realized, oh my God, I know this person and I know I can't show her work, what she's written. So I'm going to really uh, start promoting the fact that if you want to be anonymous, you can be anonymous Mm. and you just Mm. need to not put your name down. Because (laughs) So what she wrote was that she had gone for a promotion and she didn't get it. And she had been told that she needs to move in different circles, I quote, 
at work, right? Okay. And that she needs to do something else. I've totally forgotten about it. Oh my goodness, I'll remember it in a minute. But it was something very pragmatic, like, you need to do this. And then they leave her hanging. Yeah. Okay, well, what, how do I do that? Nobody's ever, but she was commenting on the fact that, oh, so thank you for doing this, because this is the stuff they tell us we need to do, but nobody's ever shown us how to do it. Mm. But also this idea of how you're seen, how you behave, la, 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 decisions being made about you, not when you're in the meeting, they're made when they see you walking down the corridor yeah. on your mm -hmm. first day at work, right? Yeah. So it's that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I'm a little bit sexist to some because I own a construction company and I employ all women. And I'm shaking your um, hand because and, I love that. Uh, and some people have accused me of sexism. To me, the construction industry is massive. And it is way overpopulated by men already. So I think my tiny little speck of a company with, you know, however handful of women that are working in this, and to your point, Lisa, they are the best. Mm -hmm. Because nobody wants them. Because mm. they're women. But they're actually the best. So I get, actually, I'm, yeah, I'm like the cat that got the cream, yeah. right? Because I have these amazing women um, that feel like they have not been able to get to certain places in their career just because of their you know because because they're they're women and some of them just want a little bit of guidance some of them just want a little bit of help like personal help not even to do with their job they're very good at their job but some people just need a bit of a support sometimes right you just not everyone can be outgoing and every not everyone can be confident sometimes you just need someone to recognize that you're great at your job just as good as any guy if not better in some cases you're extremely well educated but you haven't had access to the she strategy so no one has you know um, yeah. been able to yeah. give you that support mm -hmm. for me i feel you know really proud of the ladies that work for me Come and really they do a great you, job by the way i'm serious you know um i like to like the people that i work with you know this part of the going away from being invited to do work to actually wanting to work with certain companies and entities and I really respect you oh, have done you. an amazing thing. <laughs> I'm not really. And uh, yeah, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if anybody's giving you real hassle though, like I said. Yeah, you know, yeah. You're against the law. Yeah. This is not fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been told, you know, it's not uh, diverse enough and... Well, I'm I not have... going to give you that contract because you're not diverse. Yeah, I mean, um, to me, it's kind of why is it not <laughs> diverse? You know, we have women from all different backgrounds, all different countries, uh, all different ages, um, with di lots of different experiences. Okay, we don't have men. But as I say, I think if you look at the industry as a whole, what I'm doing in my own little bubble is a tiny little speck mm. in terms of what actually happens in the huge construction companies that hire hundreds and thousands of men and then when they give their reports out by the way which i find extremely annoying about how they hit their target of 35 you know mm. percent women it's actually all the um the Absolutely. pas oh, oh, the, uh, yeah. you know support the staff. support yeah, staff yeah. admin and I'm not saying that that's a, you know, knocking that no, position sure. in any way, but, you know, why have you clumped all the women into the support and administration area and anything else that needs mm. doing? Where are the engineers? Where are the architects? Mm. You know, where are the... It takes, like, M&E consult. You, you need so many people yeah. to build a building. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sure you look at it. You're giving opportunity to people who've probably been rejected just because of their sex yeah. in the industry, yeah. because people didn't want to take them in. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm so amazed. That's really how you view that. Like, I am amazed mm-hmm. by some of the people that turn up to job interviews for our company because I'm just kind of like, why do you not already have a job I in a massive company? Them and ask them about their stories. Right? Yeah, like yeah. And, you know, some of them are just kind of, because you look and you're like, okay, you graduated with a first class degree from, you know, an amazing university uh, with a degree that fits exactly into what you need to be mm-hmm. doing. You've got, you've had experiences on projects, large scale yeah. projects, but always as you know the supporting architect or the whatever the someone who's doing someone else's legwork you know not as the leading architect but why not you know for five six years I mean I have a young lady that's working for me at the moment she essentially did the town planning for the whole area of where the new Istanbul airport is wow can you sort out the traffic because <laughs> well, it's terrible around there. Yeah. Worked for a massive company and she was somebody's support staff. Yeah. But she wow. actually has an amazing degree. She's an intelligent young lady. You know, she just needed a bit of a confidence boost and a she's. Bridge. And she wanted to be a project manager, so they didn't want her to be a project manager because it's much more heavy construction than just drawing pretty buildings. Mm. You have to actually be a bit more technically involved in the build. And now she's a project manager for us. Brilliant. So for me, it's kind of like, okay, you know how to draw stuff, you can understand how to read plans, and... You know, we're training you to be a really good project manager, live, hands-on, on a live site. Win, it's win, like win, perfect, win. Yeah. right? Why would I ever turn this person away? No, so but they also get to work for you. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so we're yeah. yeah. getting that, yeah. yeah, because you're very inspiring to be around anyway. And oh, what well, you're doing you. is I'm incredible. <laughs> but it is, it's really incredible. So you're wondering why these high-caliber people come to you. It's because you're attracting them in, because you're incredible. So that, like, why wouldn't they want to work for you? Mm. Yeah, but I do see the point, though, which is that there is a wall that you mm. hit. So to your point, which is that you felt judged differently based on your gender, by your own family, for example. So the expectation is different and the reaction to mm. things is different. So there's been a whole bunch of research around women in leadership and so on. And, and what happens is that women are judged on their past performance and perception along those lines. Men are judged on their future potential. Do you see? So you could be at the level here. The men are being, when they're being interviewed, being assessed, whatever, it's about your potential. When the women are being assessed, it's about Oh, what you did your past, so it's that. Mm. And straight away again. So in other words, imagine somebody makes a mistake, right? Mm. You make a mistake, especially again in this male-dominated industry. If you're a male, it can be, but he's good at this, this is mm. where he's headed, yada yada. Female, oh, it yeah. is a big issue. Especially, they found, have found that if a woman makes a misstep, as um, Hillary Clinton once said, or whoever, a miss, you know, she said misspoke, didn't she? Never mm-hmm. mind. So yeah. if a woman missteps in an industry that is a male-dominated one, it is much more difficult and challenging for her mm-hmm. to overcome that compared to one that is traditionally seen as an okay one for females to be mm-hmm. in, right? But that's the difference, huge difference. I find something funny as well. So in this interview process, I found it quite entertaining people's perceptions mm-hmm. of me. Um, and I've literally been told polar opposites. So I found what was really interesting. I went into one interview and I knew that this one sales guy in particular, I knew as soon as he started speaking to me that he just didn't like me from mm-hmm. the get-go. Do you know, you just, you just know. And I remember coming out and I was talking to him and he said, he just doesn't like me. But they progressed me through and I really liked everyone else. And I said, look, I need to kind of, I knew in my head I'd see him again. So I was like, I need to kind of suss out what the challenge is. And then on the last session, the questions he asked, I kind of figured it out. And he thought I was too aggressive. 
Well, because you have an opinion, perhaps, and <laughs> because I'm very matter. I actually, yeah. when I when I, I'm very matter of fact, especially about my trade, mm. because I I'm you're good at I'm, it. I'm good at it. I'm very strategic and I'm very figures focused. Mm. So I'm very to the point, and I'm you know very detailed in what I do and technical. And I knew by the questions he was asking, and actually the recruiter wasn't supposed to tell me, but she did tell me. She said he he did have a challenge with you. He thought you would be confrontational, and I found it really entertaining because. I'm not one bit confrontational. It's just not my personality. But that's the interesting thing. Your confidence, you know, is... uh, Yeah, exactly. I mean, why... But then I was in another interview and I was told... Sort of damned by it because I was told by a woman that, like, the feedback was that actually I was too nice in my approach and I should have been... She wanted somebody who would be more aggressive when they came in. So I had gone two different... (laughs) Spectrums, but this is oh, about them, not about you. Well, no, one hundred percent. And actually, because I had been an issue when I got the feedback from the woman last time, I actually was like really disappointed. But actually, I knew that wasn't the right role for me afterwards. But when I got the other feedback, I actually found it quite entertaining because one, I was like, "That's actually not true. That is your challenge with me." And even actually, with my father said, "You probably intimidated the life out of them because you would have delivered." And that was very. He said, "That's very obvious when you speak." He said, "You deliver," mm-hmm. and he said, "What?" Well, if you delivered, he was going to be under pressure to deliver mm. what you were giving him because marketing sales had that like such a tight relationship. And he said, I think you were right when your first perception of him, he was intimidated from the start because of your, you've got a good background. And do you know, you mm. came in and you just spoke very, because I pitched opposite my, my father had to listen to me do this presentation <laughs> before I went in. And he just went, it's really obvious. He said, but it's really sad. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because they've missed out on getting a really good candidate because of somebody's of, issue, of somebody's yeah. issue with you being mm-hmm. a strong, independent woman, mm-hmm. and he said that yeah. should not be seen as a negative, but it really showed me that yeah, it it, it still exists that people still oh, have totally. that. Oh, totally. Yeah. You shouldn't have that loud voice. Like you shouldn't be that confident. You shouldn't be so comfortable in your own skin mm-hmm. and with who you are. That's it. Mm-hmm. So I don't use the word confident in any way other than. I don't know, very rarely. I actually use the word comfortable because comfortable is really my C word. So I was going to go on challenges. You're not allowed to to tell anyone that the C word is comfortable, but that is what it is. It's going to be like, what's your C word? (laughs) Let's keep this clean now. (laughs) Might be the best day, guys. I mean, I work with builders, so you know. What's your C word? I work with a lot of builders. (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of C words on site. <laughs> but it's about being comfortable in your own skin with what you're wearing. With any, that's the thing. If you are comfortable, everything else falls into place. Unfortunately for you, being comfortable meant that, that somebody was had an issue with that. You see, but then that's not the right place for you anyway. No, I mean, yeah. and honestly, this is what that process has really taught me. I mean, I definitely realised I'm. I'm very in tune with people and like what they think and actually now I can really come out for an interview and I can nearly tell you what they think mm-hmm. and I've very rarely gotten it wrong but I find it fascinating I completely agree it would never have worked because if someone has a set perception about mm-hmm. you anyway you're not going to be a billet yeah. yeah it has to be a they're not going to yeah. let you lose yeah. that you know yeah. you said about um, hitting targets 33% and that it's ticking boxes and that sort of thing this is the biggest irony for me that we are looking at fixing figures instead of fixing mm. the corporate world or the company and how it mm. functions. Fixing figures means buying people in at certain levels, mm. 
Uh, it means going on token training, mm -hmm. tick, tick boxes and all that to comply compliance. That's another C word, by the way. We could use that one. As opposed to fixing the system. So mm -hmm. forget about the figures. Look at the system. And if the system is right, then the women, and I don't mean that the women end up working full-time for the whole of their career and not doing the other things that, that mm -hmm. are important to them. It's the idea that if the system is right, it enables people, whoever they are, whatever their life's circumstance is, to lean in, lean out, lean in between, do all the rest of it, but have that, you know, that, that you're in it together and yeah. that you want mm -hmm. to stay. Now, you might leave and go somewhere else, there's a great opportunity, but it's not because you've been hitting a wall mm. or you can't come up against somebody who's going to condemn mm. you because you're actually good mm. at what you're doing, right? Yeah, no, 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 100%. I think that's so true as well. I think people are just plastering over. Do you know what I mean? Like, instead of fixing the DNA yeah, part of it, yeah. it's actually like... And it, do you know what? I don't think people are doing it on purpose in a lot of circumstances. I don't think they know how, which mm. is why what you're doing is so incredible, because it's teaching people... You need to do it first. How to do it. So. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm but definitely... Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. No, it's, it's really interesting. So, for example, um, in some orchestra, I can't remember which one, in the US, I believe this is, they had blind interviewing, meaning a curtain, you are not allowed to speak, the people interviewing listened to you play. So they gave you instruction and you performed, right? They increased the intake of females, I think it was 11% increase, double yeah. figures. Imagine if you did that in the corporate world, mm. right? Mm. Blind, blah, blah, blah. That's one. Two, all the research, again, I'm talking about brain-based stuff, tells us that what we do is we preempt, prejudge, whatever else, and then we end up having chats with people and, and seeing if they fit in and if, if we think they're a good fit and all the rest of it. If you don't meet the person, you actually have a better judgment of things. Example, judges looking to see if they should let prisoners out on uh, parole or doing things with their sentences, yeah? Yeah, I think it was parole. And if they looked at the facts of the case and they said, oh, this is this pattern of behaviour, this is the pattern of the person, da, 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 facts-based, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then they said, this is my outcome. I say yes or no, these are the reasons. Mm -hmm. Versus meeting the people, so meeting the prisoner, and then making, formulating your judgment based on the person. Mm -hmm. Guess which one? Guess which had a better outcome? Probably the without the meeting. That's right, yeah. without the meeting. Yeah. Because we end up taking in other factors. Yeah. Because we are human, yeah. right? Yeah. We're yeah. human first, yeah. by the way. Yeah. You know? So it's interesting, if people looked at just the facts and figures, kept you out of the picture, and then just met you at the very end, I think, you know? Yeah, no idea. Or you could do a bit reveal. <laughs> Take the mask yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. I do think it's really interesting, though, because people do have. I mean, we probably all do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I think we all do. Preconceived, but I do find it entertaining people's perception of me when they meet me first. Because I think I get told all the time that I'm so much more different than I thought. Or nicer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nicer. Yeah. I'm nicer and nicer. And I'm like, it's really showed me that obviously I come across as one way initially, mm -hmm. but there's some of it me just got off a different layer that you don't realize at the start, which I find interesting. Which is the generalist, we go back full circle, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. She's a generalist as well. Well, I mean, there's the you giving off lots of different things, and then there's obviously people's perceptions mm. of you, but then I think there is that gender bias perception as well on layered on top of that so if anything we're extra penalized you know because you're going to get judged on lots of different things mm. then you're going to get judged on how you performed that day in your interview or in your 
whatever it is, mm. speech or whatever the whatever you're doing uh, and the environment, you're going to get penalised potentially on the other person's perspective of you. Mm. Uh, but then on top of that, because I get told, for example, all the time that I'm too aggressive and I'm not aggressive at all. No. Right? You know me, I'm not aggressive. If anything, I mean, no. I'm someone who actually has a lot of anxiety about a lot of <laughs> things all the time and uh, I'm, I'm not aggressive. But because... I have to work with a certain profile of man. In order to be heard, sometimes I have to be incredibly direct and speak mm. in a way that potentially I would not normally do in any other situation. But only because the person I am speaking to is either A, undermining me and not realising that actually I'm the boss on a mm. site. You know, this is my project so all of you work for me i don't think we should be having this type of a dialogue or i get told you're crazy so this is one of the other things mm. is is i get branded with the crazy lady thing and i'm kind of like why am i crazy what is crazy words? i'm not you know wearing a mm. <laughs> something you know christmas tree on my head singing you know maybe the uh, dentist thought i was crazy but i mean, I mean in his case I mean, no. in his case i agree with him right? uh, but normally i don't do things like that so i just i don't understand the crazy thing i get told that all the time do you not think though it's because you're authoritative and i think this and actually with my father who pointed this out and i think it is i don't think me again i don't think people actually mean to do it i just think Culturally, it's how things were before, and people are finding it like hard to adapt. They don't expect there's very few women in your position, mm. so they're not used to having somebody in that role. Yeah. So they automatically think like little girl, like why are you talking? Yeah, to me little this girl. But it's not. There's it's, that woman at one site again, for example. It's like that woman. I do have a name. Like how comes <laughs> the engineer gets called Dave, you know, and so and so gets called Mark, and, and then there's me. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of like there's that woman again. It's like what? I have a name. You could just say, oh, there's that annoying Eve again, you know, coming around shouting at us. I wouldn't have a problem with that, you see, because yeah. that's probably sometimes true. But it's the whole like the crazy woman and that woman and you know they can't refer to me by any form of name for some reason and I sometimes have this with external professionals that we hire because they know we're an all-female construction company they come with all the women that they have in their company sometimes as a selling sure. yeah sure. and you know they're like we're an engineering company but we have 22.5 percent women in our team which is you know one one yeah, one one point two eight percent more than the average in the industry. We're really proud of our numbers, and I'm like, oh, that's really great. You know, we're all obviously up for supporting women, so that's really really good. Um, and then they're like, oh, this is Sarah. She's a whatever engineer and works on this and that. And I'm like, great. And then this guy continues to talk, and I'm like, does what Sarah have Sarah something saying? to say? Like, why is Sarah here? Is she going to speak? You know, why am I still speaking to you? Are you leading this? Is she leading this? If you're leading this, why have you brought her? Because if you're good you at your job... But I don't need to be comfortable. If you're good at your job, I would have hired you regardless of Sarah. You know, there's... Do you think it's an assumption, though, because they think you run an all-female company that you only want to deal with people that are female? Is that well, you actually just want to work well, with I mean, inevitably... Or in you this have an issue with men, perhaps. Yeah. So, you know, it's an idea of it's an either-or. In in inevitably... No, no, no. And inevitably, I work with men. We want to help. Yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. 
inevitably I have to work with men in my industry. There's no way of avoiding that. You know, you can only avoid it to a certain extent. So I can't so. avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> I might have no one left, basically. Yeah, no one left. Um, I mean, and I'm pretty sure most of them know that we have, because normally before you go into consultancy meetings, you tell them, you know, this is my architecture firm that I've mm. hired, and this is my you know M&E consultant or whatever or who you've worked with before so they'll be aware that you have other men in the team so the professional team external professional team is usually made up of all men mm -hmm. and I'm the only woman in that room uh, along with my project managers that you know from my company who are also women so we even that out the numbers because on our yeah, side yeah, yeah where so then the room becomes more even you could that could be advantage of your business so you see where you can hire yourself out as the the even outer, yeah, no, no, the equalator. You know what I mean? Like, do you have a problem with your gender numbers? Hire me, my company. We will be part of your number project. We will help you achieve your twenty three point eight five percent. Absolutely, yeah. I think we get together and do it. Can I say one thing about words, though, names of things? So, for example, I think when somebody says to you, you're crazy, you're, what was it that they said? Aggressive, aggressive and, yeah. aggressive and, you know, just confrontational. Confrontational, that's the word. Which I find hilarious. Yeah. But it's like, seriously, I'm the, I'm the peacemaker in any job I'm in. I'm always the person who sees everyone's side and kind of goes, okay, do you know what, calm everyone down and fix things. That's normally why I get sent in. That's normally like someone comes in and goes, that's not working. And go, yeah. Smooth, Do your thing. Smooth that yeah. out with everybody. So yeah, I found it. I knew it wasn't true. Though, so that's. I mean, I think that's the good thing. I know myself well enough not to take the feedback. Yeah. Because I was. I mean, I may love feedback, but that was just. I was just like that's not true. But it's a word. You know, it's a very loaded word, right? Mm. All these words are so loaded. Negative mm. as well. You are stressed. For mm. example, confrontational aggressive yeah. all these huge words now if there was a man we know that usually when it's a, a male who's got the same qualities that you have they're, they're named different things ambitious confident Arthur. yada yada all that stuff fine so really again my diy uh, way of living means that you i'm putting a call out to, to women especially or anybody who's got these words said at them mm -hmm. is ah okay somebody has just said this thing to me how do they define that? Mm. So a word means anything, as long as you define it. So you have to define it, but it means different things to different people. So that person's definition of progression is that you know what you're talking about, perhaps. <laughs> you know? And it's about deconstructing it. And that's one thing. But it's also about you then creating a definition and realising what people, maybe educating them. Example, huge study, leadership. Women, men, five items of leadership, right? I can't remember any of them right now. <laughs> <laughs> but the women nailed four out of five. They scored very highly. And it was things like, you know, team dynamics, including people, being diligent, detailed, da da da, da all the mm. stuff they needed to, to, to guide, to lead, yada, yada. Last thing was something like stress, right? And the women scored, that was the only one where the men did a better job than mm. the women, okay? And it was one of these traditional words, something like stress, where the women came out, it was they scored less well than the men in it, okay? Mm. But remember this, it's five categories, the women nailed four out of the five. Mm. But the fifth one is such an emotive word, mm. that it's the word that is thrown at a woman and it really sticks. Oh, you're stressed. Mm. Oh, you're this, that, the other. Actually, define that, you know? Define it, what does it mean? Own it. Mm. So if to be in this context, what that fifth element was, 
meant that women were more prone to revisiting certain decisions and really drilling down into the detail of something, which is a great skill and quality that you want to have in these leadership positions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it was being framed, packaged as a negative. Mm-hmm. So it is about us taking ownership as people, again, mm-hmm. of words that are lobbed at you. Yeah. Take ownership. Ask the person, what do they mean by that? How do they define mm-hmm. that word? Mm-hmm. If it's something that's said to you as a negative, Go and do a bit of research, find out. Example, is, is they're talking about stress or something like that. So women with two children under the age of something like five or six are 40% more stressed than men. This is the research saying it. Mm. It's not me or you. So yes, acknowledge that. Yes, I've got two children, and that's okay. And how do you define stress? Mm. Is it the fact that I've got other things going on? Yes. Mm-hmm. Am I still doing my job? Yes. How mm. can I help you? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> right. So we're going to have to close up for today because we've been here for an hour and a half having an amazing oh chat. Yeah. But uh, that's why we're going to get Nima to sign on the dotted line right now on air so that she's going to come back and talk to us oh, more. Yes, I would love to. <laughs> okay. I would love to. If you are interested in Nima's blog, it is finding-nima.com. That's yeah. right. And there are some amazing articles in there. I was reading a couple of them Ooh, today. Um, this gender blind okay. machine algorithm oh, yeah. thing about credit, and I was like, oh my god, wow. Yeah, I mean, the machine. So very, yeah. very briefly, the Apple launched in the UK its credit card. It launched this credit card for the first time ever in August in the US, right? And it was in the news for all the wrong reasons because the the credit card was churning out was allowing men much more credit than the women in their lives, right? And we're talking about hugely successful entrepreneurs what? who are extremely wealthy, who have got the same financial information and joint accounts with their wives, including the person who is the boss of Apple, okay? So he was given credit, a credit line, much, much, what am I, 10, 20 times more than their wives. I so, yeah, shocked. Right, so, <laughs> and the irony is that a law that came out in 1974, an act in the US, which was supposed to help women because before then, they had to have their a male sign off on certain things. They couldn't take out mortgages. They couldn't do certain financial things. And the law says we have to be gender blind when it comes to financial decisions and not hold things against people. Like, for example, if you're on social security, not something. So it sounds great on the surface. However, <laughs> this is the irony: being gender blind, building in a system where the algorithm has is to be gender blind. What I mean by that is that it's not allowed to collect data around gender has made the problem more acute because, of course, the algorithm can tell if you're a female. If you buy tampons, you're most likely to be a female. <laughs> so if you look at the habits of a person, you could... Do you see what mm, I mean? Yeah. I mean, hello. So the irony is that people... It's just like the gender and diversity workshops where they say, I did that workshop. I'm not the problem. This algorithm is giving women... It's penalising the women... But the algorithm, of course, is not real. I mean, it's not a person, but it is real. <laughs> yeah, well, it was written by someone, right? Yeah. <laughs> but it's making huge decisions on our behalf. It's, yeah. it's just shockingly fascinating. There you go. Yeah, so that is one of the things you can read on Nima's blog. (laughs) And I'd like you to read the poem which I'm going to be reading out loud and recording, which is called My Purse is in Pain at Some Point. uh, I've read a couple of poems as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and also the She Strategy. Uh, I don't remember the website. Uh, so actually, it's it, it's part of the Finding yeah. Nemo blog. You have to click you on can, You can click on it on the um, bar at the top. You right. click on it and it just says, I created the She Strategy. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a page open on my laptop. I'm oh, not cool. 
So if you want to check those out, please go on her uh, her blog and, and have a look. So I just want to thank you ladies for making this such an enjoyable afternoon. It's been great. And can I tell you, I want to interview all your staff, please. Of course. Seriously, yeah? yeah. And I want to know who hires you. So I want to interview them. Yeah, I think we all want to know that, that, including <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> I think you need to put it to the public. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to talk to you over a glass of wine. Okay, and you're going to guide me. <laughs> you and the universe. I me. Yeah. Um, and Nima, you are our last guest of season three. Wow. Yeah. Yes, yes. So we're wrapping up with Nima and we might even start season four with you, you never know. Give me five. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> what a great chat. Yeah, that's been really, really, really interesting. Thank you for having me. No problem. Thank you for joining us.